Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. You got your nest all made over there? I'm getting set up. I'm almost there. Got my yoga bolster, my pillows, my little warming pad. Okay. Just call me Princess in the Pea. Here we go. <laughs> well, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, except I did mention to you that one thing I wanted to for us to mention at the start mm-hmm. is we've learned you never title a podcast has anything to do with death because nobody listens to it (laughs) just don't include the word death in your title and you're okay (laughs) virtually anything else will work (laughs) let's talk about death we'll skip it this week we're not going to talk about that (laughs) and and i don't major on numbers and but uh, you know it is part of like producing a podcast you they come out with these you know, you see how many downloads there are. And it's funny to see like, there was a one that was um, titled Exploring Your Joy. Boy, that was a popular one. (laughs) 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 How we talk about death? Not so much. (laughs) Everyone skips that one. But they are tied together. You actually can't get rid of either subject so and the sooner we learn that which i'm still in the process of doing the easier life is yeah that's the rub is um and and that's definitely part of counting your stars is it's not always comfortable um sometimes it's uncomfortable and that's kind of what we mean by you know daily death or or crucifying you know the ego or taking up your cross that putting your putting yourself out there and um learning to trust god in everyday life makes you vulnerable because people still have free will and So if you're willing to be vulnerable and you're willing to try and test the waters of pouring yourself out in love, there, there will be suffering involved in that. Mm -hmm. Yes, there will. Anyway, let's change the topic for today. (laughs) No more death today. Maybe somebody will listen. Take a reprieve from the death. (laughs) Well, this isn't about death per se, but it, but it's connected to the topic a little bit in that the star that I've been counting the last few days over the weekend, especially, 
um, is also connected to the same book that we referenced last week, Richard Rohr's um, Immortal Diamond. And he's talking about how our ego or false self is really kind of a self-preservation, you know, valuable tool to help us through life. Um, and I'm, I totally understand that mindset of self-preservation. Like, how, you know, we, relationships are messy and in the, in our childhoods and in our young adulthoods, we get hurt, we get wounded. Um, and so we learn these self-preservation techniques in order to survive. And they, they, it's not that they're bad. They, it's how we survive. But on the other side of it, learning to, to grow and to like find some freedom that we all want to relax into life and to fall into love itself, which is so much grander and broader and exactly what we're actually looking for. It takes exposing and letting go of these self-preservation methods. And so that's what I've had kind of heart to hearts with God about over the last few days is I, th I think that I've dealt with and I've seen and, and kind of grown out of some of the blatant self-preservation techniques, but there are subtle layers that I'm just now discovering mm. that have been there a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe this will be helpful. Uh, I'm just thinking of this, so I don't have this prepared analogy for you, but it, you know, if terms like self-preservation techniques and ego and what, you know, those sorts of things are brand new language. Perhaps one way to think about this is, you know, the uh, approach to getting what you want. The, the basic self-preservation technique might be like the, the caveman. I get what I want by I take it. I, you know, I hit the other guy from the other tribe over the head because I want that uh, piece of land and so it's more selfish. I take by force. I react. There's no sense of uh, cooperation or synergy or anything like that. And that's just kind of the basic survival is we do things that are protect ourselves at whatever cost. But, you know, as we grow just as civilization has grown, you have to become more vulnerable and enter into give and take and compromise. And, and that is dying to yourself some. You don't get everything you want. So there's this evolution of, um, you know, I know what I want to survive. However, I don't want to do it in this way that is so destructive. And I want to include others in the community of what I'm doing. And so it takes a higher way of living. And so I don't know if that's helpful, but that's kind of a picture then, I think, of what Mary's talking about that we all have to or can do, you know, in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. I know for, for me personally, you know, if, 
if there are people out there who grew up with a shy personality, you know, shyness is really a self-protective mechanism to avoid putting yourself out there with people because mm-hmm. people are dangerous. They've hurt you somehow. So, you know, shyness is a way just to kind of withdraw into your shell and keep yourself safe. Yeah. So another picture of that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I suppose the picture I painted was more my personality. <laughs> Sorry. Caveman and turtle. That's basically who we are. <laughs> That's our false self. <laughs> but I like, um, um, well, I like a lot of what Roar says in this book, but another thing in his description of the false self, it's not something to fight and to get angry at and to rebel against. Um, I think he calls it shadow boxing for himself, but that um, it's, it's our attempt to be our real selves. It's just not big enough. It, it can't, it's a small container for something that's much larger and much more whole And that's our true selves with God. So even little tastes of that, you know, as scary as it may be to to venture into new things and to change, little glimpses and little tastes of that can be um, very eye-opening to a different way of life and a different way of seeing things and... um, Yeah, I and as I'm listening to listening to you talk, I said this to you last week, and this is probably no great epiphany for uh, anybody um, out there, but it, at some level, it almost seems like the main thing that we have to face in our lives. Um, to eventually be free is facing fear mm. <clears throat> and it's so many different forms, either fear of death, as we kind of talked about last week, um, fear of vulnerability, whatever it might be. It's we're responding out of, I mean, survival. A lot of it is, is because we live in fear of mm. what's out there, maybe unknown or known. And so it's facing fear, and let's face it, most people don't want to do that because it's hard and it's scary. And and by fear right now, I'm not talking about the boogeyman in the basement fear, although that could be part of it. I'm talking about I'm so I'm used to living life this way, mm-hmm. and I don't want to change. Right. And there's even something inherent in that that is fear based. Uh, because I don't want to open myself to another possibility uh, that might be a dead end or, and so we get comfortable in our mode of survival and we end up fearing change and it keeps us stagnant and we don't grow. Yeah. And I think in addition to fearing change, we fear that we're not going to get what we want and things won't turn out the way we want. So there's so much, we react to fear by trying to control and keep things 
you know, in place, especially for the future, the way that our mind has told us it needs to happen Mm. and control other people in that way too. You know, there's, there's so much to control and fear, uh, and what it does to our lives and our bodies, it's just enormous. It makes me think a little bit of what the the psychology of people who um, enjoy and engage playing real games of chance. Mm. You know, I'm not talking about poker because people try to control that by their different methods. I'm talking about, I don't know, the lottery. (laughs) I mean, you just pick some numbers and there are people who are comfortable doing that. It's a total game of, you're probably not going to get what you want, but people seem addicted or driven to do it on the potential payoff, I guess. I mean, I don't know because I'm not that way. I, I don't, I've never played the lottery um, because I hate losing money. <laughs> mm. So even if it's just a couple of bucks, I, I get angry if I play and I don't win. So that says a lot about me. Um, but just that mindset of being willing to play games of chance and it's no big deal. Are they able to enter into this kind of mindset and lifestyle in an easier way than others? I don't know. I don't know, but but I got called on the carpet again the last couple of days because, um, you know, I felt like, oh, I trust God pretty well. It's people that I don't trust, right? <laughs> so in saying this, um, uh, there's a discussion about, okay, so if you trust me, Mary, but you don't trust people, don't you know that I'm still with you when you're with people? So if my desire is to, is to grow in love and to kind of let go and play the chance and trust, if I can, if I can um, heighten my awareness of God is with me, so if I'm just going to, if I trust and just simply love and don't control what the people are going to do, what they might think, what they might say, what they could with their own free will do and just let it be. It's okay because God's still with me and his love for me never stops and never lets me go. So if I can transfer my mentality from the fear of people over to just trusting and resting in God, then I can swim in that kind of well of love a lot more successfully. Yeah. And so I think that's the, that's the maturity process that we're talking about the immortal diamond or, um, just life in the spirit, which, you know, as much as we would like to flip a switch and just live in that place, I don't, suspect it's ever quite that easy but yeah yeah it's so easy to say it and it's so it's (laughs) totally different thing to do it like minute by minute and it's so contrary to our culture which is about defending yourself watching out 
keeping count, measuring up. I mean, just on and on and on. Yeah. It, <laughs> so it makes me think, you know, water's the hallmark of a Christian faith. Well, it's forgiveness and grace. Why? Because the things we're trying to, the place we want to go into maturity is filled with misstep and failure. And I mean, we don't need forgiveness and grace if it's just a matter of I'm going to get this down and perfect it and then we can live a life void of this stuff. It's because it's, it's, um, it's messy work. Yeah. But it's possible if you are sitting in the middle of God's love, and that's really the only place it's possible. How can you forgive if you're not, you know, soaking in the love of God? You can't do it by yourself. Mm. You can pretend and you can say it, but you can't, can't really do it. I've mentioned this to you recently, and it's something we've talked about over the years. This process that we're kind of talking about, this overall process of it's what counting the stars is really all about, and the process to maturity and greater awareness and all of those things. Uh, For me, often this process feels uh, constant. And you often hear me say, I just want a break. You know, I just, um, I'm tired of growing (laughs) or trying to grow. Um, And I, so I, I don't know how other people experience this, um, so I'm not going to generalize because I I'm suspect that it's very different for people. It feels like my whole life has been one of the pressure of this vice almost if, for an analogy of trying to grow, uh, which, you know, is a lot of my trying to control things and, um, But I I was just thinking how this process must look and feel different to people. And for some of us, um, just the constant um, pressure, it's the best word I can come up with. It's like I need a vacation from Counting the Stars, not Mm. the podcast, but I (laughs) I hope you get what I mean. It's like, I'm tired of growing right now. Just give me a break. You know, let me rest because each day is hard work to try to become more aware and uh, recognize, you know, Malone, you're trying to uh, take control of this situation to get what you want out of it. And it's like it's always there. Yeah. I hear you. I hear (laughs) you. I'll use um, a dancing analogy just came to me that um, might speak to that exhaustion. And I I understand totally. But um, in music and in in choreography and dance, 
um, in big ballets or even short ballets, you take music and, and a choreographer will, will take the, the music as it, as it goes. So it, so allegro versus adagio. Allegro is fast, energetic. It's got lots of power and movement. And the dancing for an allegro piece is just that. It's powerful. It's fast. It's go, 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 go. And you're exhausted, right? But then comes an adagio and you go way down and it's soft and it's smooth and it's your respite. Boy, you love the adagio part of the ballet because it's where you regain your strength, you know, before the next allegro rolls around. But, but you learn that, that dance of, the ebb and the flow and the up and the down, and you take those rests, you recognize them and you, you value them and you utilize them. And maybe that's the same for our spiritual walks. We recognize the places of Allegro and we, and we, you know, we go for it. And then we say, okay, I'm in Adagio right now. This is my respite and I'm going <clears> to <throat> take it and, and learn from that place too. That's a great analogy. And here's the challenge, at least for me and anyone that's like me. I have this expectation in my life that all of life is allegro. (laughs) And so I don't enjoy adagio, even though it's what I want more than anything in the world. That's, I mean, I'd kill for a little of that. But yet when I'm, when the music's in that place, I feel guilty that I'm not in Allegro. Oh. It's like, you're wasting time here, son. It's um, You're not being efficient or fruitful. That's the good spiritual word. You're not being fruitful here. You need more Allegro. So get back in there and start <laughs> doing the whirling dervish. <clears throat> and so your analogy is a great one. What it, so that's part of my maturing process, right? Uh, is I've got to figure out or let God teach me is yeah. better. See, I've already tried to control it. Yeah. <clears throat> I've got to allow God to teach me that adagio is a sacred space too. Right. And not worthless. But my conditioning growing up is that's a waste of time. You've got to get back to Allegro. I hear it. I hear it. Which is why, for those of you who may or may not know this, I'm going to take a sabbatical later this year. Ten weeks. Two and a half months. Part of me is excited and part of me is scared out of my wits because that's supposed to be adagio. (laughs) And I don't know how to do that. Um, So people have been asking me, what are you going to do? Have you got it planned? And I'm like... I don't even know what to how to do this. Um, I could totally over schedule it, but that's not the purpose. So, um, we'll see. <laughs> it's a new place to explore. We all have them, you know. We all have our comfort comfort zones and like to stay in them. So. I love Adagio. (laughs) I love the thought of it. (laughs) 
Well, Allegro, Adagio, Arrivederci. I think that's it for today. It's all our languages. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Wrapped up in one. <laughs> Peace. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter. And we're all really just one big family. So until next week, keep noticing your stars. Enjoy your freedom to explore life and just take it one step at a time. Peace. Peace.